This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello listeners, welcome to Parak Kof Chafbez. Parak Kof Chafbez is all about Yerushalayim. And I was really drawn to this topic now with everything that's going on in our Holy Land. I, I think a lot of us are feeling that Libi Ba Mizrach type of feeling in our hearts. And so I'm happy to be talking about Yerushalayim and not just talking about Yerushalayim, but also getting the, the messages from this parak on how we could actually not feel so helpless and how we could use, you know, our capabilities to do what we need to do to, you know, it, we're told here in this parak that if we want peace, in our holy land, then peace has to start amongst us. And when we're united and when we're unconditionally loving of each other and feeling peaceful towards each other, then that's when we're going to see the fulfillment of This parak is being sponsored today in the schos that all the Yidin who are living in Eretz Yisrael should be safe and especially the troops who are risking their lives for all of us, and also as a schus for a shirach for Yaakov Zelig ben Hinda Taibi. So just as an overview of this parak, the parak talks about Yerushalayim and how we should feel about it, how we should relate to it, and it's really very beautiful. So let's examine the main theme. In talking about Yerushalayim, the main idea that keeps coming out is the idea of shalom, of peace. And indeed, we can see that the word shalom is encoded inside the word Yerushalayim. It's part of the word Yerushalayim. And we see in this parak, we see why. Because Yerushalayim is ir shechur It's a city that unites all of us. In the times when the Jews were going, you know, three times a year it's for a pilgrimage, when they were going for the shalosh Galim and all uniting there, you know, by the Beis HaMikdash, they were united, Jews from all walks of life, young, old, rich, poor, learned, ignorant, all kinds of people were coming together, and in that way, during those times, Yerushalayim was a very tangible connecting force for all of them, where they all got together over there. So in that way, it was an Ir Shechobra, it made Chaverim, it, it united all of them in a common goal, in a common purpose, in a common destination. And in, in these times as well, in these times when we're all living all over the world, at the same time that we're not living in Yerushalayim, we are all thinking about, praying for, and united by our common ground, pun intended, uh, our common ground of Yerushalayim, which is so dear to us, this is something that unites all of us. It's, it's like being on a flight, to, on an El Al flight. There's nothing quite like being on an El Al flight to Israel, where you have, you know, all kinds of people. There's people sitting upstairs in first class drinking cocktails, and there's people stopped next to 10 seminary girls and coach, and young, old, kipasuga, strimal, all different types of people, but everybody has this, like, this, this, there's like this deep connection that's pulsating through everybody's veins. This, this common mission, the common values that we're all ha- holding so dear, 
Um, and, and this common destination that we're all arriving at is really bringing everybody together. It's a very warm, beautiful feeling. So let's go back to this parak again. This parak gives us the message. There's a message underlying the words of this parak that the Mepharshim bring out. And the message is that if we want to get to a place of peace with our enemies, if we want Yerushalayim to be at peace, and then the only way that's going to happen is when we have Kibbutz Galios, when we have the Geula, that's when true peace is going to reign. Until then, we're going to be looking for it, but it's going to seem to be elusive to us. And so if we want to usher in the Geula, then we have to get into the Geula vibe right now. If we want peace, and this is like we always talk about, that like attracts like. The rich get richer. Happy people bring happy things into their life. If we want peace, we got to be peaceful right now. We have to have peace in our interpersonal relationships. We have to enjoy peace in our families. We have to make peace a priority in our life and really get into that peaceful vibe in order to attract the Geula, which is going to bring about more peace. And we see this very clearly in this parak. We say, if you want Shalom B'chelech, if you want shalom in your in the outer walls of the city with the enemies, then you need shava ba'amanosayich. Then you need peace and tranquility inside your houses, inside your little groups of people. Um, similarly, you want shalom Yerushalayim. Same idea. You want that outer peace in Yerushalayim. You have to have yishlayu o avayach. You have to have that shalva for the amongst the people who are loving Yerushalayim. Amongst all the Jews, we need to have peace. So in the past, we've spoken a lot about the idea of making peace with our enemies. We spoke about how to view our enemies as actually being our greatest salvation. Here, in this parak, the, the idea that I want to bring to us is the idea of more of a general, creating more of a general aura of peace and love that should be emanating from us, that will then translate into peaceful and pleasant interpersonal relationships, and that will make us into the people that are irresistible, that everyone just wants to have around. And when we surround ourselves with that aura of peace and love that's emanating from us, that's how we're going to really feel like we're doing our part in bringing about the Geula. So we're going to read the parak, and then at the end, I'm going to give you two beautiful, very practical, real, and important ideas of how we could actually do this, how we could surround ourselves with that peaceful, loving aura and create that love in all of our relationships in a more general way, not specifically geared towards our enemies, but even towards just the random person who's walking down the street and you see them, you're sitting outside and you see them, right? How are you going to relate to them? So let's look at Pasuk Aleph. Parakuf Chaf Beis, Pasuk Aleph, Shir Hamalos Ledavid Samachti Ba'omrim Li Beis Hashem Nelech. So David composed this parak. It's one of the Shir Hamalos, one of the Prakav Tehillim that was sung on the steps of the Beis HaMikdash by the Levim. And he says, Samachti Ba'omrim Li Beis Hashem Nelech. He says, I'm happy. I rejoice when people tell me that they want the Beis HaMikdash to be built. They want to already go to the Beis Hashem. Now, there's a deeper meaning behind these words. And the Medrash tells us that actually what was going on in the time of David was that David had a lot of enemies and he had haters. And those people were basically looking through David's windows in his house and they were looking at him and they were saying, when is that old man going to die already? When are we going to have Shlomo build the Beis HaMikdash? 
they knew that the base of Mikdash was not going to be built until, until David HaMelech was dead, and then his son Shlomo would be able to build it. So they were looking and wishing for him to die already. And Hashem told David, don't worry, one day of your Torah learning is greater than a thousand karbanos that are going to be brought in the base of Mikdash. And so David felt comforted and samachti. He was happy. He was able to really be happy when people told him, I, I want the base of Mikdash to come, even if it meant that they were wishing him dead. He didn't care because his main goal, his main mission in life was to be in the service of God. And here people are saying that they want to serve Hashem. So he was happy. So he took himself out of the equation and he didn't matter because he knew he was doing right by Hashem. And he knew that the only thing that was important to him was that everybody serve Hashem. And so later at the end of the parak, we're going to use this as one of the ways that uh, a lesson that we could use to become at peace with ourself, that idea of only caring about Hashem's opinion and doing that, we're going to see how doing that is really uh, the way towards being able to feel at peace and unconditionally loving of everyone around us and not needing their approval or their validation. Pasuk Bey says, Omdos hayu Yerushalayim. So, we're describing here, David is describing what the, what the picture is going to look like when the Jews are going to be Ola Regal, when they're going to be, you know, coming to the Beis HaMikdash those three times a year. It's going to be, their feet are going to be omdos. They're going to, there's going to be such big crowds that they're going to have to like stand and wait for everybody to go in through the gates till it's their turn. Rashi explains that what happened in the Sharayach Yerushalayim, what happened in the gates of Yerushalayim, the gates of Yerushalayim was like the base medrash of today. That's where everybody was sitting and learning. And because in the schus of these learners, the people who were at war fighting for Yerushalayim, their feet were able to stand tall and strong because in the schus of the Torah learning that was being done for them. Pasuk Gimel, Yerushalayim Habnuya Ki'ir Shachor Balayachtav. So Yerushalayim is called Yerushalayim Habnuya. It's called this because it's, it, when it talks about it being built up, Benuya, it's, it's referring to the fact that it's built up in a spiritual sense. The true height of the city, of a city in general, is determined by the stature of its inhabitants, and Yerushalayim was blessed with a wealth of devout Torah scholars, and so we say that it's benuya, it's built up. Ki'ir yachtav. It unites all of us. So like we said in the introduction to this class, the when the Jews came for the pilgrimage to Yerushalayim, they were all united, all Jews from all ages and all stages and all walks of life. And today also, that the fact that Yerushalayim is our common interest, it connects all of us. It's like our common denominator. Pasuk Dalet. Shasham alu shvatim shifte ka edasi Yisrael. All the Shvatim, all the Jews came, came up to Yerushalayim, and when they came, it was an Edosli Yisrael. It was a testimony to Yisrael. So what does this mean? So one opinion is that, you know, the fact that the Jews came up to Yerushalayim was a testimony to their greatness. Why? Because Hashem created Yerushalayim to be, you know, it doesn't have in it, it doesn't have the hot springs of Tiveria, or the beaches, like in Eilat. There's no massive, you know, beautiful tourist attraction that everybody is rushing to over there. The sole reason for going to Yerushalayim is to go and to be close with Hashem, and to connect with Hashem's spirit. And so, 
the testimony to, uh, you know, the testimony, the Adas here is saying that the Jews, the fact that Yerushalayim is what it is, and it's not a vacation spot, shows that the Jews who were coming up to Yerushalayim three times a year were doing it, they were doing it to thank Hashem, and to be close to Hashem, and then that was the testimony, Yisrael, Eidos Yisrael, that was the testimony to their greatness, that they had a single-minded purpose, and there was no ulterior motives there. It wasn't like, oh, let me go uh, let me go bring a carbon, and then I'll go take a swim in the Kinneret, right? Um, okay, so then the Radak also explains that Eidos Yisrael means that what was a testimony to Yisrael? All the miracles that happened when the Jews came to the Beis HaMikdash three times a year, all those miracles that happened then, and there were a lot of miracles that went on, we're told there were ten different miracles. One of them was that although everybody was pretty crowded, and when they were standing, they were touching each other, when they bowed, suddenly they had plenty of room around them to prostrate themselves and to have privacy. And so that was one of the major miracles that went on there. But all these miracles that happened was an edus, was a testimony to that we are Hashem's chosen people and that Yerushalayim was His chosen city. Pasuk hey, Kishama Yashru David. Again, we're describing how in Yerushalayim the there was Kisaos the base Mishpat. There were the Yerushalayim was world renowned for centuries as a place of justice, as a place of Mishpat, and they had the Sanhedrin there. And we ask Hashem every day, Ashiva Shoftenu Rishona. We ask Hashem to make our our judge our judgment system today should be as straight, as yashristic, as balanced uh, as it was, as as full of justice as it was then. We should pray for the well-being of Yerushalayim, and the people, those who love Yerushalayim, should be Yishlayu, should have shalva, should have peace. So one opinion that was actually very nice that I read on this is that we're talking about the scene when the Jews came up to be to be Ola Regal, the scene that was going on there was that as they were leaving, they brought their kabanos, they did whatever they did, and then as they were leaving to go back home, the Jews who lived in Yerushalayim all year long was were telling the other Jews who were leaving Yerushalayim, Shalu Shalom Yerushalayim, like pray for us, pray for our well-being. And in turn, you know, we also want to extend our blessings to you, Yishlayu Ahavayich, even if you're not living in Yerushalayim, but all those who love Yerushalayim should enjoy shalva, should enjoy tranquility and peace as well. So that was a nice explanation of it. It paints like a pretty scene of what went on. Another thing that I wanted to bring up here is that there's two different ways of talking about peace in this Pasuk and also in the Pasuk right after it. There's shalom and there's shalva. Shalom is talking about like an external peace that goes on and the, and the outskirts of the city between from between the enemies of the city and the inhabitants of the city. It's like an external peace. Shalva is an internal tranquility. It's a peace that's that's Yishlayu Ohavayech amongst the people who love Yerushalayim, amongst all the Yidin, we should all have peace amongst each other. And the Mefarshim explain here that the you know if we're not enjoying the shalom in Yerushalayim now, if we're not enjoying the external peace and we're being bombarded from from our enemies, how do we get to the place of shalom in Yerushalayim? 
we get there, we get to that external peace through the Yishlayu O'avayich, through creating peace and tranquility amongst us, amongst the Yidin, amongst the people who are the O'avayich, the people who love Yerushalayim. I remember in high school we had a Yiddish class, and I happened to love languages, and they, there was a bunch of electives, and one of them was Yiddish. So like, it was like a tiny little class of people who were interested in learning Yiddish. And I was so excited, and we had one lesson. I remember one day... Um, the teacher was teaching us Sprichwerter, like Yiddish expressions. And I just loved that class. And it's, it's crazy because I remember so many of them word for word. Uh, there's so much that I learned in high school, um, namely Shakespeare, that I completely just went, went in one ear and out the other, science in one ear and out the other, math in one ear and out the other. But this um, exp- Yiddish expression that this class on Yiddish expressions, I really took it in and it, I soaked, I think I just love words. I love languages. And one of the expressions was, and I'm not going to say, say it in Yiddish because I already have, I don't, I don't need more people laughing at me out there. So, um, the, the, but it, it means, what it means in English is when we, when we are fighting amongst us, when the Jews are you know, not happy with each other and they're having discord, then their enemies are rejoicing. And I remember that one and I, I right away connected it to here that this is exactly what this is saying, this Pasuk is saying here in, in the opposite way, that if we want to create peace amongst our enemies, if we want to quiet our enemies and get them to leave us alone, we have to get unified. We have to, Because having peace amongst us, that's the strength that we need in a physical sense and in a spiritual sense to be able to ward off our enemies. Zion, Pasuk Zion, Yehi Shalom B'chilech Shava B'amanasayich, again, this idea the shalom and the shalva, if we want shalom in the chilech, in the outskirts of the city, we need shalva barmanosayach, we need to have the peace in our inside our homes, in our communities, in our shuls. Uh, the man Lois gives an interesting explanation here, and he says that just like we say that if you daven for somebody else, you'll get answered on that thing first, so he says, same thing in this Pasuk, Yehi Shalom B'chilech, first daven that there should be peace in Yerushalayim, and then, as a schus, you'll have, you'll have the Shalva Ba'amanosayach, when you daven for peace in Yerushalayim, as if, as if Yerushalayim is a person, right? We say, Shalu Shalom Yerushalayim. Ask how Yerushalayim is doing, as if it's a person. When you daven for Yerushalayim, as if it's a person that needs to be doing well, that you're concerned about their well-being, then you'll have Shalva Ba'amanosayach. So, it sounds like there's two contradictory things in these psukim. Like the first pasuk we said, first you need to have peace inside your home, and then you'll have peace amongst your enemies. And here we're saying, first worry about the peace with the enemies, and then you'll have peace in your home. But really, all we're saying is that, you know, at the same time that you need to worry about the peace in your Dalit Amos first, amongst your friends, amongst your neighbors, amongst your family and your community, at the same time, keep Yerushalayim in mind in your davening, very strongly, because that's what's going to help create the beauty and the peace in your own life as well. Okay, Pasok Ches, Leman Achai Vereyai Adabrana Shalom Bach. For the sake, Hashem is telling us, for the sake of my brothers and companions and friends, Adabrana Shalom Bach, we should pray for the well-being of Yushalayim. So it's interesting, so beautiful to see the way Hashem refers to us here. He talks about the Yidin as Achai Verei talks about us as brothers and friends. 
it's so interesting, like, you know, we're, he's, even when the Jews are downtrodden, even when we're scattered and we're in Golas and we're going through Tsaros, Hashem is associating himself with us in such a, uh, an, an intimate kind of way. Now, let's contrast this to a human being, a Basar Vadam. Um, you know, unfortunately, we're limited and we care about our image too much, maybe, whatever it is. But like if somebody would come over to you and, you know, you, let's say you had a relative or somebody who was homeless, who was like a homeless, like a, a nebuch a little bit, a lot of it, you know, just uh, unkempt person. Let's say someone would come over to you at a beautiful wedding and say to you, Oh, are you related to Schmendrick uh, Schmunkenstein from, uh, you know, I know this guy. I remember meeting him. I think you're related to him. So what would you do? You'd probably like freeze up, right? And you'd be like, I mean, I I heard of him, maybe a distant relative or, right? You would like deny your association with that person. But here, Hashem is saying, He's modeling for us a very important lesson that whatever level you perceive another Jew to be on, at the end of the day, they're your brother. And what do we know about a brother? A brother, right? If you're, if, if, if at that same wedding someone came over to you and said, you know, oh, is so and so your brother? And that guy, you know, and your brother happens to be homeless, right? Your brother happens to be unkempt or has some issues or whatever it is. What would you do? He's your brother. You would never deny your association with your brother. You would, first of all, you'd probably buy him a house and help him get his act together. But if, even if you couldn't do that, you you would make excuses for him. You would find other things to praise him on, right? You'd say, yeah, in his business, it took a hard hit in Corona. It's not his fault, you know, Nebach. Uh, you would say, oh, he's such a tyrant. And you would talk about all the good things that he does because he's your brother. So that's the message here. Hashem is saying, if I could call Kal Yisrael my brothers, and and they're not, and I'm a god, and they're people, right? We're on such different levels; it's, it's incomparable, right? If I could call you my brothers and my friends, Kavachomer, you need to be able to look at each other as, as equals and call each other brothers and friends. And this is another thing that I'm going to stress, you know, in a minute when we finish the parak, I'm going to talk about this also as a way of creating peace, uh, a feeling of peace between us. To see each other as achai v'reai, as, as Hashem sees us. And, you know, the fact that Hashem calls us brothers means that not only He's seeing us as a brother, He wants us to see each other as brothers, right? We're all brothers. That's what He's saying. Okay, Pasuk Tes, Laman Beis Hashem Elokeinu Avaksha Tovlach, for the sake of the house of God, Hashem is saying you should please daven and care about Yushalayim and want good for it and seek good for it. Now, what does this mean for the sake of the house of God? At the end of the day, more than the Jews need Yushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash, Yushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash need us. Because what value is Yushalayim and the Beis HaMikdash if there are no people in it for Hashem's spirit to connect with? So we're saying for the sake, Hashem tells us, for the sake of my home, I need you to pray for peace. I need you to be at peace. 
Okay, so we're getting back, let's get back to this theme, right? This, this, the way we started off, we said we want to create peace in our own life. We want to give off an aura of peace and love in, in our general daily interactions, in our feelings towards others, in our general energy, in our existence. And so let's look at how we can glean clues from this parak of how to do this. So the number one way that we get to a place of feeling at peace with others is to not rely on them to be our source of approval or validation. The more independent I can be in being my own source to myself of love, approval, validation, comfort, the less I need to rely on others. And if I don't need to rely on them, then I don't need to be have complicated feelings towards them. I don't need to be oversensitive when they don't come through for me. I don't need to be hurt when they make a comment that doesn't feel good for me because I am my own source to myself and I am completely independent, not relying on anyone else. And so how do we do this? It sounds beautiful. It sounds also hard. And I think that here in this parak, David gives us a clear um, a clear message of how to do this. We said in the first Pasuk here, he was happy when people said they want to go to Yushalayim, even though it meant that they were being mean to him and they were wishing him dead. He didn't care. Why didn't he care? Why didn't it mean anything to him that people were hurting him and saying bad things about him? Because David was Mr. Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit. Those are his words and that's how he lived his life. He put Hashem before him always. Who did he go f- to for approval? Who did he go to to seek if he was doing the right thing? It was Hashem. And so if we follow in this way, if we are able to work on gaining our approval vertically, meaning from above and not horizontally, not from other people, then we could also get to a much, much better place of inner peace, a higher level of of feeling impervious to other people's comments, criticisms, view of us, judgments, right? We won't be so image conscious and we'll be able to just have this pure unconditional love for others because it's our love for others won't be conditional on whether they approve of us or not because our real approval is coming from above. And this is why David was able to be happy that people wanted to go to the base of Mekdash because he knew, Hashem said, you're so precious to me, more precious than all those karbanos in the base of Mikdash. And so he knew, I have approval by Hashem, I'm good, I don't have to care or worry about anybody else. And we see that very, you know, when he talks about his enemies in Tehillim, he doesn't talk about them with a hatred. He doesn't want them to be destroyed. He wants them to repent. He has an underlying unconditional love for everybody, even the people who are wishing bad upon him. So what should we do, practically speaking, Somebody comes over to you and say, you know, starts a nosy, one of these nosy uh, people in your life are coming over to you and ask, and, t- and commenting on your relationship with your husband or your relationship with your children or, or how you're doing your job or whatever it is. You just take it back to God. Take it back to your vertical, um, you know, to that vertical place of approval and ask the question, what does Hashem want from me right now? What's right in His eyes? And if you know that you're trying your best, that's really all Hashem wants from you. Now, I don't want you to take this the wrong way. Some people view Hashem in like an OCD type of way. They see Him as like punitive and they have to do everything perfectly to gain His approval. I'm talking about the way we view Hashem. You know, when we talk in these classes, the way I'm teaching you to view Hashem as a loving father, a loving Zaidi, who knows that we're going to mess up, who gives us tshuva, who gives us help. Uh, who loves us even when we make mistakes, who gives us that unconditional value, right? So think about Hashem in that way and ask yourself, 
what does he want from me right now? What's right in his eyes? And if, you know, that's a way of taking 10 steps back, really seeing the whole picture from a higher perspective and living through that, living through what Hashem wants from me. And that is going to totally remove you from being in these complicated feelings towards other people, which will open you up to having feelings of love and warmth and peace towards others. So that's number one. We should never be looking for our approval from other human beings. It's only going to create negative feelings within us and stop us from getting to those peaceful places that we want to be in. The second thing is, the second idea is from the words, Laman we spoke a little bit about this in the parak already. We want to remember that we're brothers, right? That a father, for, for a father, let's say he has one son who's a fancy lawyer in Manhattan and another son who's scooping ice cream in an ice cream store. Is he going to love any one of them less? It's his children, right? They're both equally lovable by him. And we have to remember that, that Hashem loves each one of us the same. We, we shouldn't view anybody as below us or beneath us. Part of feeling at peace with people is feeling on equal playing field as them. It's easy sometimes to think I'm better than others, you know, because I have this and I do that and look what I accomplish and look where I am and look where I live and look what I do and look how much money I have and look what I know and look who I'm related to and look who my friends are, right? There's so many things that the Etahara convinces us you're better than everyone else. But here in this parak, we're told we need to remind ourselves that everybody is a brother and if Hashem is going to call us his brother, then we for sure should be calling our fellow human beings are brothers. So that's just a way of reminding us to get on other people's playing field. Keep in mind, Hashem calls us brothers and friends. We can call that, you know, we should be calling everybody else that as well. So those are my two ideas. And um, just to review, gaining our approval from above frees us up for unconditional love and peace amongst our peers, amongst others. And seeing everybody as equals, recognizing that we're no better or worse than anybody else, but we're all brothers and friends. That's what we need. Those are the things that we need now as a schos to usher in the Vili Yerushalayim Ircha Barachamim Tashav. Thank you so much for listening.